Previously on Good Sex, Bad Sex. You stick six women around a table and a bottle of Prosecco and, oh, my God, the, the conversation is flowing. And I think we moved on to... Dare I say it, fingering? Is that is sure. that allowed? Is that We're allowed all here? about the fingering. Yeah. We would yeah. be upset if you hadn't. I, I think got my that comment in. was was why is fingering so underrated? Hello and welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast from Metro.co.uk. It's kind of like Star Wars, but a little less girth on the lightsabers. My name is Vivi Lynch, I'm a journalist, broadcaster, and I blog for Metro. And my name's Miranda Kane, and I'm an award-nominated stand-up comedian. But before all of that, I actually used to be a sex worker. Coming up, we're chatting to Renee Denyer, and she runs her own orgasm classes. Hi, I'm Renee Denyer from Shush Women's Erotic Emporium in Hoxton, where I am the store manager and in-house sexuality educator. According to Time Out magazine, I teach the best blowjob classes. They called it high-end head. So, Bibi, how hard do you have to work to get an orgasm? I can't. I've had an education. <laughs> I can't believe you're asking me that. What do you mean? I totally get the sometimes you zone out feeling. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't think I have to work especially hard. How hard's hard? How hard do you have to work? It's a really difficult question, isn't it? Like sometimes yeah. you really feel it. You know, like today, for example, I was away with it. I was fine three times over. No, three? I know, just whilst I was talking to you. I do it? have that effect. <laughs> I am really charming. It's amazing. <laughs> sexually charming. But do you find that there are certain things that, that work for you? Oh, God, you know I hate talking about this. Well, no, yes, I'm not telling you. <laughs> Should we have a chat to our guest Please, instead? Please, drag someone else in the street. Come on, get them on. Good sex is spontaneous. Bad sex is when it's planned. Good sex, football. Bad sex, ugly bonehead. I'm Renee. I work at Shush in Hoxton, which was the UK's and Europe's first female-focused um, sex shop for women. I started going to Shush years ago. How long have you been there? The shop has been there now for 26 yeah. years. Yeah, I've been there for 11 years. Um, right. So basically my hobby became my job. I started off as a customer. Okay. And here I am 11 years later. Um, talk about sex all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did that work for you? It was my, my dream place to work. Okay. Um, actually, and one Sunday morning, I was very hungover. I was in my dressing gown, just Googling their website, as you do. Mm-hmm. And it said, uh, it was an advert saying, dynamic retail manager wanted. So I thought, you know what? That is my That's job. You. I'm nice. having it. Give us the umbrella kind of description of Shush. What is Shush about? Oh, Shush is a erotic emporium for women and their lovers. And um, we don't have a set customer. It's from ages 18 to 80, all levels of expertise. We have people who've never, ever had... Um, any kind of sexual play with themselves or anybody else. Uh, we have swingers. We have people who have sex all the time with lots of people, all sorts of, you know, swinging from the chandeliers kind of thing. <laughs> do you sell uh, chandeliers? Well, maybe we need you to look into should, it. Yeah, yeah I think we need it. to, yeah. <laughs> and so why is it female-focused? What's the, the story behind Shush becoming a female-focused sexual emporium? You know what? That's a really good question and really, really important. Um, so the founder, Catherine Hoyle, um, in 1992, she was out in Soho with her friends looking for some playthings 
mm-hmm. for herself. And she found that every shop they went into, they just weren't made to feel welcome. And it was sort of staffed by men. Toys were very much designed towards the male gaze and, you know, big veiny dicks with yeah. big balls hanging off them. And yeah. um, Kai, as we call her, she had actually someone saying to her, oh, you know, we don't get many of your kind in here. So basically they meant women. Oh. And uh, yeah, I know, it's horrible. Your kind, Miranda. <laughs> your my kind. Your kind. Um, so she went away, she had a few glasses of wine, and then she thought, you know what, I can do this so much better. Yeah. So she um, set up the business on a budget of um, £700 and a wow. pot of pink paint. And from the beginning, and this is sort of when I came across it, you used to have to ring the doorbell yeah. and they would come and open the door and have a little look at you. So it was sort of like a secret society. Yeah. You could sort of, you'd be, you'd be let in. And, and from the beginning... When I started going there, and still to this day, every customer gets offered a cup of tea. At the time, I didn't understand why. Um, I just kind of thought, my God, these girls, they're on tea break all the time. (laughs) They never work. (laughs) But actually, what it is, it's a really nice way of settling a nervous customer. Because when you go somewhere or you're in an unfamiliar situation, you don't know what to do with your hands. You drop the tea. Mm -hmm. What what, what you do? Yeah, so a cup of tea, you just kind of hold your cup of tea. And you can stay in the shop for as long as it takes you to drink that cup of tea. That could be two hours. And you don't have to touch anything because your hands are already holding the cup. Yeah. So yeah, we drink tea and we talk about dildos. Now, when I first came across, I, I love how we keep saying that came you across came across. And, and yeah, <laughs> it just happened. I have really held back on that. Do you know what? You know. But to be honest, I thought you were better than that. <laughs> Because now you're here. I know. I know. You should see me when someone mentions a debate. Then it all goes. <laughs> there you go. Up. Um, have, when I when I first saw Shush, there, go. there was a, a sort of rumor going around that you could only enter if you were a woman, mm. and if you were a man, you had to have a woman accompanying mm-hmm. you. Is that is that true? Is that, that is still true? true? Um, How it's brilliant. Not true anymore, yeah. shall we say. It was true for uh, probably about 24 years wow. of the company's um, history. Yeah, Guys had to be accompanied by a woman. Could be a female friend or, you know, mm. partner, lover, yeah. someone they met in Hoxton Square. doesn't really matter. One of your kind. Yeah. <laughs> one of them. Yeah, one of them, please. Um, just to kind of keep the space really safe for women, because actually most sex shops even today, they are geared towards men Mm. and I have been in um, high street sex shops. I've actually had to ask members of staff to remove guys who very clearly been in there just to kind of look at look at the female customers and what they're buying and you know is she touching a dildo oh my god what's she going to do with that and you can kind of see and we don't want any of that so what what we're doing now we have sort of um, opened the door a bit wider shall we say yeah um, when I Don't started, yeah. I'm so <laughs> holding back. <laughs> when I started, um, I introduced gentlemen's evenings because there was a lot of guys who wanted to come and buy a gift. So every Tuesday used to be gents' night. Oh. Um, well, somehow all the men then thought that it was some sort of gay dating event. So they're like, well, no, I'm not gay. No. And it's There's like, a well, reason no. why we keep saying see you next Tuesday. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. But then also with sort of the, the growing community of transgendered and gender yeah. fluid people, we've sort of now open the door shall we say however mm. someone is really inappropriate and there for the wrong reasons like mm. you know stroking their crotch whilst looking yeah. at you know we'll just bounce them out <laughs> i went there to, for a workshop recently which we'll talk about later and it was um it's just such 
a lovely place. It feels quite exciting, but safe, but exciting. Yes, we try. So what are the workshops? Well, the one I went to is not the one we're talking about. The one we're talking about is orgasmic classes. Mm -hmm. This is it. So yes, I teach women how to have orgasms and how to have longer ones or stronger ones and wetter ones and better ones or just a orgasm if you've never had one. Brilliant. Yeah. It's what? a good part of my job. What? Do you have any top tips you can give oh, us? Oh, yes. Is that... Oh, yes. Yeah. No, 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 no. I can, I can talk about this forever. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so first of all, uh, we meet a lot of women who've never had an orgasm in their life. So this is not unusual. This is very common. Mm. Uh, or maybe they've had an orgasm five years ago quite by mistake and they're not quite sure how it happened or what to do. Um, so first of all, for a woman to sort of come into us and say, I've never had an orgasm. Is there something wrong with me? Yeah. You know, that is a really big thing yeah um and what we say is there's nothing wrong with you it's nothing wrong with your clitoris it's not broken your g-spot is there all the bits are probably in working order uh, but what it is is about learning how to have an orgasm and for a woman that is much more a learned skill for guys for example they can pretty much rub up against a tree in hoxton square and something <laughs> exciting will happen <laughs> but for women <laughs> I'll jump out and go, surprise! Yeah. <laughs> uh, look at me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's about knowing your parts. And so many women don't actually know what they have or what it looks like or, or what it's for. And again, I think um, compared to guys, you know, boys, they're sort of, they grow up, they handle their equipment, you know, it's always assumed that they're going to start masturbating and watch porn. Um, yeah, so for women, it's something, um, first of all, you need to explore yourself and what you have and what feels good and what doesn't and also kind of trying to to shut out all the white noise at the back of your head because again a lot of women and I'm sure at some point you've been there you've been sort of in a sexy situation with someone and you think oh my god they're going to think I'm taking too long or maybe I look a bit weird down there maybe I smell a bit weird or maybe the partner is already done and they're like rolled over and they're snoring and a really good trick is the clit clock okay yes I'm so- listening <laughs> right write this down right, yeah, she's coming closer. Yeah. so if you think of the clitoris as a clock with 12 at the top and six at the bottom. Every woman has what I like to call her happy hour. My happy hour is five o'clock. I don't know why, cocktail hour. But that time works much better than any other time. Uh, So if you kind of work out which part of that little tiny clitoris is your magic hour. That's a good step. And also teaching your partners, especially if you have male partners, not bashing on men here. This is not their fault. But a lot of guys tend to approach their clitoris like they're ringing a doorbell. They're just kind of pressing the magic button and they've heard that something magic will happen. (laughs) And when it doesn't, they press a little bit harder. Yes, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. And at this point, uh, many women are too polite to say, ouch, that hurts. So they kind of wiggle, they shimmy away and they're sort of hoping that he'll get it. But in his mind he's thinking oh my god she's loving it i'm going to give it a little bit harder and this is where it goes wrong the orgasm yes (laughs) the orgasm has left the building yeah Yeah. it's like they treat you like a scratch card yeah oh yeah 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 yeah. no jackpot (laughs) does not work yeah no don't ring the doorbell i know did you i'm I'm still at clock you had me you had me click clock um 
Why did you start the classes? Yeah, no, absolutely. We have um, customers coming in every single day, women every single day coming in to say, I've never had an orgasm. Um, So we kind of thought, why don't we make this into a fun evening? Like a bunch of of women together, some bubbles, some cupcakes. And it's very lighthearted. There's a lot of information, but it's delivered in a very fun and engaging way. And you get to touch lubricants, you get to feel vibrators. A lot of them goes for drinks together afterwards. Yeah. And they start kind of coming to to several classes, basically a like idea. a sex certificate. But uh, don't, you, don't you? Oh, laminated. Yes. Make sure you laminate <laughs> it. Don't yes. you think it's shocking that? So, like, every day someone was coming in yeah. saying they hadn't had an orgasm. Yeah. Was yeah. kind of... And yeah. quite often, because media bombards us with images of how great sex and how is. Yes, and it is. Yes, how easy and 15 ways of having multiple orgasms. Mm. And I think on some level we all know it's not true. But yeah. when you feel like you're the only one who's not having orgasms, it's kind of really easy to buy into that. And then you never know what is your mm. orgasm as well. Mm. It's like, yeah. well, that felt nice, but is that, is that Yeah, exactly. That's that the other thing. A lot of women actually ask us what an orgasm feels like. Yeah. You, you should know. say it feels like when you cough and sneeze at the same time. Yes. <laughs> Oh, oh, baby. No. Oh, maybe it's time for you to sign a up. a bit of leakage there then. <laughs> All that going on. Oh. How often do you run classes? Are they weekly? Uh, we or? do, yeah, yeah, we do weekly classes. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, we get invited to all sorts of conferences and a women's institute. They Brilliant. wanted a bondage class, for example. That was amazing. There was the 70. WI. Yes, the 70 year old Mary almost fell oh, off her chair when she bet. saw what I had in my suitcase. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. We did one sex ed class with a school in Hackney, for example, a bunch mm-hmm. of 16 year olds. That was amazing. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Birmingham. They had sort of like a vagina pop-up shop sure. in um, the Great Western Arcade. So, wow. yeah, all the time, as often as we can. When you do it with the kids, how far could you go? What, what, uh, yeah, what obviously age-appropriate. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I would have changed is we had a, they insisted on a mixed group. Uh, if we were to do it again, I would insist on separate groups because yeah. the girls just didn't feel comfortable talking. Yeah. And I think they were probably the ones who really needed to ask questions the boys were much more confident and they put their arms up and they said oh how do we make a girl squirt and I think they were both uh, relieved and a bit distressed when I say you can't actually just make that happen you You watch porn that's sort of like Disney for adults (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I would like to do it separately with the girls so they can kind of talk about when I was doing sex ed Mm. in in my school Mm. the guys were told not to touch themselves and the girls were told that we're not told about touching ourselves. Do you think yeah. it's changing? Yeah. That we're, um, we're... I don't know, actually. I did my sex ed in Sweden, so it could be quite different. Okay. Uh, but what we did uh, for the for the group in Hackney, so basically I bring along usually a, a plush vulva mm-hmm. that I call where you see that they all can sort of look Rosie. at and touch. Oh, Rosie, yeah, very classy. Um, and some sort of, again, very age-appropriate vibrators, like small, tiny finger vibrators. Oh. Talk about the importance of lube, why you should never have anal sex without lubrication why you should not force your partner into doing things that they don't want to. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah but they watch porn. They yeah. they know about this. They think they should like double dip without lube. Yeah, yeah. that's standard. And, yeah. And the, yeah, oh, sir. It's and, not... the, um, and the and the and the romantic explosion on the yeah. face after every I love yeah. expression. Mm. After every, I I mean I'm trying to remember my sex ed and I can't remember it, but I think it was just about tampax. Yeah, there was probably periods and yeah. pregnancy. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. exactly it. There was no there was no teaching. There was us no sex. About it was nothing about joy. 
or yeah. yeah. You know your class that you do at Shush for, mm. for the, the adult ladies? Mm. Maybe you should do a class for men. Do, do men want to come? Yeah, well, oh, did. and it didn't work. I did. Well, actually, we did, uh, we did manage to get a group of guys together. And it's quite different. So when women come together to talk about sex, they all make friends and they hug and they cry and they laugh and it's fun. Guys did nothing of that. They were very serious. Yeah. Um, they didn't really look at each other. They didn't really look at me. I think the sort of mentioning of moist vaginas was a little bit too much. But they they took a lot of notes. I think, and they, wow. they draw diagrams. Yes. I this love was good. this. Because that's super brave them to turn up. Yeah. It was really, really. I think so that took a lot of balls for them to <laughs> as it were, put themselves out there. Yeah, and yeah it's, so. it's nice for them to be like, mm. I want to please my partner. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't have to be a facial emission. I want no. it to be a... I know. <laughs> I'm being nice. Who was in that film? I'm trying... Who was in it? Denzel Washington. You know, <laughs> so you have experts. So you, you, you talk at the classes mm-hmm. and you have experts in as well. Mm-hmm. So who, who do you have in? Most of them I do myself with right, my colleague. Okay. Yeah, so I'm sort of like the in-house sex educator. Yeah. But every so often we also work with um, external educators. We've had Deborah Sundahl from America. She's the author behind Female Ejaculation and the G-Spot. Mm-hmm. You should absolutely look into that one. You were saying earlier as well that you've got other other plans in progress other things that are coming up ah yes we are uh, building a dildo lamp at the moment Brilliant. so in the next couple Hang of on, weeks I had hair in my mouth let yeah. me say that again <laughs> You're plucking the hair you're from my mouth. I'm not sure it was mine. I'm not convinced. It was, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> you're, you're what? We're building a dildo lab. So we have a work studio <laughs> where we hand make dildos, but it's actually coming to the shop now. Um, so we have a special room. That's the dildo lab. And in the next couple of weeks, you're going to be able to actually come in and watch our team hand make dildos. And later on this year, we're hoping to be able to put on um, dildo making classes where you can come and actually make your own dildo. So, why? I'm just going to let you finish your train of thought there, BB. So, you know, your dildos. So what, you can choose, a sh- there's there's variety of shapes. Is it like there's those build your, you know the build your bear thing? Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. Thanks for helping, that. Miranda. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you can choose your shape and your size and yeah. your colours, whether you want, you know, little glittery bits or oh, oh, nuts or whatever. Yes. Yes. Come on. Sparkly dildo, it's amazing. Glow in the dark. Uh, whatever you want. Oh. So, yeah, you can come and build a dildo. I'd say the whole point was to come off, so... Yeah, it was not... <laughs> Um, oh, this is so shocking to me. Um, I'm quite a shy thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So your orgasmic classes, mm. you know, you, at one point you said that, you know, some of us feel that we look a bit weird down mm-hmm. there and blah, blah, mm. blah. Are hand mirrors involved at any stage? Are you making people look at their bits? Well, not in the class, yeah. but I give them homework. And Do that you? is the first part of the homework. Yeah. Have you seen The Great Wall of Vagina before? Have you heard no. of Great Wall of Vagina? Oh, my God, ladies. Oh. You need, yeah, you need to Google Great Wall of Vagina. Right. So there's an artist in Brighton called Jamie McCartney. He oh. plaster-casted 400 women's vulvas. Amazing sculptures. And we had uh, part of his exhibition at the shop for a while. And so many women came and saw it. And they said, oh, my God, I didn't realise they were all different. They kind of think that there's one size fits all. Yeah. Um, so first of all, we then encouraged them to look at these vulvas. Uh, part of the artwork that we have laminated, you know, sticky fingers kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then actually say to them, grab a mirror, have a glass of wine, you know, grab a mirror and just 
have a look to see what's what's normal for you, what you have, and more. You know, it, it's beautiful. Yeah, I sound like a vulva cult person. Well, well, yeah, well done <laughs> I mean the well done vagina cult. Yeah. <laughs> but Stop yeah, saying it. <laughs> vulva, 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 and cult. Leave that alone as well. What's the name of that surgery where women are having? Oh, the... labiaplasty. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that seems like yeah, yeah. The, the most insulting and the most self-hating. Yeah. Bit of surgery you could have, do you yeah. think? I yeah. think if there's an issue, so some women, their labia lips are so protruding that they can't ride a bicycle, for example, they can't sit properly. And in that case, I think, yeah, yeah. sure, that's that's reasonable. Uh, but I mean, I have friends who've had it done as well, and the amount of pain whilst it's healing, and a lot of it actually comes from comparing yourselves to other women in sort of very glossy American porn. They're all nipped and tucked and they're shaved and they're waxed and probably have a bit of makeup on. And then you have a look in the mirror and you think, oh, my God, I'm a bit lopsided. Mm. Better take some off here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think I think it's a great shame. So actually the art that you're talking about is a great idea then. Isn't yes, it? it's yeah. just for your confidence say, and yeah. it's empowering. And we should all have like a great big vulva on the wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of us may have. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I call it a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the thing about being shy, and I am serious about this, I'd kind of be, I'd love to this. I think I'd want a one-on-one. I think I'd just be a bit oh, that's too... that's more intense. That is yeah. far more intense. Because really? Because then it's just me and you Oof. talking about your orgasms and your vulva and your clitoris. If you're in a group of 20 women, you've all had a bit of bubbles. You're yeah. giggly, you're laughing together. You know, that makes it easier. Yeah. Frankly, one is quite yeah. hard. Yeah. If I'm going to talk about my vulva, I want to be yeah. getting paid for it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that was my old job, mate. So yeah. that's that, <laughs> fine. Oh. Are we all clear? <laughs> Thanks very much to Renee Denyer. Check out her multi-award-winning female-focused pleasure store at shush-womenstore.com. Those classes sound amazing. I've been to one. I know. Well, okay, <laughs> tell us tell us all. Well, so I went to... Um, it wasn't one, actually, that Renee ran. And that's hard to say, sober. <laughs> <laughs> or even drug. Um, it was called Fantasies and Realities. And I went there for a feature, which is, is what I say to, to cover myself and my back over everything. <laughs> but I went there for a feature... And it was a, a workshop, and it was women only, obviously, and it was um, women talking about um, the fantasies and how to make them reality. So yeah. there was a girl got half a woman, and um, and she was saying, you know, I mean, this was a while ago, my memory's not what it should be, but she was like, I remember her saying that she'd buy props from, like, the pound shop, <laughs> and all these kind of really things. And, and it was just a whole thing about... And, and they gave you a, um, a kind of sheet, and you'd fill it in, and it was, and it was like step-by-step step how to make a fantasy... Reality, and it was a super cool event actually, and it was really fun. And um, because I was there in a work capacity, it's kind of slightly different because you're not part. You know, I wasn't participating. Yeah. But um, it was a really nice crowd there, and it's it's just such a lovely store. I love that it's a sex shop that's so forward thinking. Because like my last job before I became a sex worker, my last job was actually working at Ann Summers. Was it? Yeah. I call it my gateway job. There must be a sex toy called Gateway. <laughs> Lawyers. Um, would you go? Would you go along? What, to a workshop? Yeah. Should we do a field trip? 
Yes. yes. Do you think producer Sam's up for it? Yeah, definitely. I think he's Fist up to it. Air. Yeah. Don't mention no. Sam and fisting because that's up, that, you know, upsets me. Um, my name is BB Lynch. And I'm Miranda Kane. Good sex, bad sex was produced by Sam Bonham. He's taking his fist down there. Uh, if, you're, if you're into what we're doing, and why wouldn't you? Then why please wouldn't? let us know. A review on iTunes would be absolutely brilliant. Give us five stars. Hit us up on Twitter. Good sex, bad sex, XX. X. X. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>